How's it going, everyone? You're tuned in to another episode of Styles and Driss. And uh, it is Memorial Weekend? It is Memorial Weekend. I can't speak either, so. It's Memorial Weekend. Yeah, it's Memorial Weekend. It's it's a hot day in Minnesota. Yeah, it's the 28th. Uh 28th of May, um, like 85 degrees out. Can't complain. Yeah, beautiful out there. Can't complain, won't complain. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Just got done playing. Well, so it's te- okay. So I told you that I played nine holes. Correct. Technically, today I played eighteen holes because I played early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so I played nine early in the morning. Okay. With my barber in Egan, Minnesota, uh-huh. at a course called Losper, which I have like a love hate relationship with. Mm-hmm. Today was the hate part. Okay. Um, and then I played at 1 p.m. in uh, Plymouth at a course called Eagle Lake. Okay. And that course was the first course I've ever played at. Um, it'll be near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll never let me down. Even if I play like shit there, I'll always feel good about coming out of that course because, you know, it's like your first love, right? Right. Uh, as long as you're in good terms. Mm-hmm. Um but it's always a, it's always a joy. It's always a pleasure. And um, you know, I actually played with. We had like a foursome for this one. Mm-hmm. You know, it was three of my friends, and then um, one of my friends it was his nephew who was a beginner. And um, you know, I already explained this to you off air, but you know, just to kind of explain to the crowd. So we were supposed to start this podcast, start recording at like maybe what three forty five ish. Honestly, maybe three fifteen. And then I ended up pushing it to three thirty, mm-hmm. and then I, from there I was like, "Fuck, I'm just gonna say that I'm running late." Yeah, <laughs> because I'm like, "There's no point in trying to set a time here." Right. Um, and if it's one thing you guys should know about the game of golf, especially on a public course, is things can get a little backed up. Yeah, especially during a holiday weekend, especially on a day that's really nice and warm. Um. Essentially, there is this group. That was in front of us. That was supposed to tee off uh, two groups ahead of us. Mm -hmm. But all these fuckers are running late. And to add on to that, they they ended up adding a fifth person to their group, which Mm -hmm. is not supposed to happen. You know, it's supposed to be foursomes at the most here in Minnesota, as far as I know. Yeah. Uh, But they had five people playing with them. And hate to say, but they weren't that great. So they were (laughs) really holding things up. Mm Mm-hmm. Where the four of us, we had one newbie, which was my friend's nephew, but the three of us were like fairly experienced, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not the best either, but we know what the fuck we're doing. You know, yeah, like, you're keeping the rate of play. Yeah, we're going. Keep, we're keeping the pace of play going. Like <clears throat> we we know our etiquettes and everything like that. Like we know we know how to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we're doing something called ready golf. Mm-hmm. You know, which is always my favorite because don't get me wrong, like and it comes down to who I play with. You know, if I'm playing with people that that are like serious. You know, like Steve, for example, right? who's been on the podcast a few times. Mm-hmm. Steve is like, I mean, the guy's a pro, right? So he's like strictly by the rules, etiquette, 
whole nine professional boom mm-hmm. and for someone like me i can adapt mm-hmm. so if i'm playing with like low handicappers you know which are like really good people and like scratch golfers which is like steve you know like i'm gonna go i'm gonna approach it like a pro yeah you know i'm gonna do do what i do if i'm playing with like my homies like i played with today i'm gonna casually play it mm-hmm. you know and just be like all right let's just play ready golf you know and just fuck around mm-hmm. and anyways despite all the slow play and all that shit i played like my best round there okay like by far like i my like it was so i shot what's called five over where typically at that course i'll shoot like you know, seven to eight to maybe nine, sometimes 12 over. Mm-hmm. I'm having a shitty day. But today I shot five over and I was like, holy shit. Shit. You know, and it was just like, I was way more chilled. So that game was a lot better than the earlier game mm-hmm. this morning. Yeah. The earlier game, I was just getting chopped up by mosquitoes and like, fuck this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so now I smell like off repellent. <laughs> and I, have, I smell like sunscreen. Not, uh, yeah, I smell like. Sunscreen and uh, off repellent right now. Yeah. It's the best thing in the world. You're like, it's like when motherfuckers, like, they come back uh, directly from, like, being out on, like, the river, inner mm-hmm. tubing all day. Yeah. And you can smell the off repellent, the suntan, or the uh, the sunscreen, and, uh, and or possibly alcohol as well. Right. And you're like, whew, man, that shit's coming through your bones, you know? Uh, yeah, I didn't have any alcohol at all yeah. today, but I've had, like, three energy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Two were, like, the weakest ones, which is Celsius. Celsius just doesn't do shit for me. For me, it's, like, juice. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm having a ghost. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's what was available for me. Yeah, ghost I mean, is pretty good. I've, I've, been, I've been fucking with their stuff, like, lately. Um, I like their... Um, their warheads and their yeah. sour patch stuff. Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm having the cherry mm-hmm. limeade, which is actually pretty good. I like mm-hmm. I actually like cherry limeade. Yeah, uh, but normally I'm like hopped up on C4. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you know, the shit yeah. that gives you like the, the feeling yeah. of like fire ants that are crawling like over the, your body. The uh, beta alanine, <laughs> yeah, beta, I don't know, beta kerosene or whatever like that. Yeah, it's yeah, I like that shit. Yeah. You know, like I like that feeling. Um, but this isn't bad. This mm-hmm. is actually like really tasty mm-hmm. and it's not like making me go all crazy or anything like oh, that. Yeah. Like it's just more of like a chill, right? chill now, but I definitely need some food in me. Oh yeah. 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 For yeah. Sure. Yeah. I just went to, um, <clears throat> I just got back from, well, on the way here, I, I figured I would kill some time. So I went to the, uh, the boar's head, I think it's called. Yeah. I think it's called the boar's head, but it's over in Minneapolis over in the, uh, formerly what we know at, if if you're from my generation, it was when the warehouse district was actually the warehouse district where it was teamed with like warehouses and like you know one loft building where there was like you know maybe five tenants in the whole big ass building and these were like where all the like this was like rave and um, house central for mm-hmm. you know all throughout the '90s and stuff. But now it's become gentrified and you know civilized and whatnot in the sense that it's like all these like high-rise uh, condos and, you know, executive apartments and all this other kind of shit. And they got some, like, stuff around, you know, for eateries and things. Mm-hmm. But typically, this was not the place you used to go to to get food. Like, you had to go further down Washington, like, closer towards downtown and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so uh, shout-out to uh, Cousin Christopher and Angel because um, they, uh, they were out there for... There, there was, like, this brunch where Angel was just spinning... And it's uh, cousin Christopher's mo with um, uh, with his establishment and stuff. So he he booked Angel to come out and play. 
So I came out there and just kicked it and talked to a, a couple groups of DJs that were all passing through and whatnot and vibing out to a really good set. Shout out to uh, Angel from Minneapolis House for yeah, keeping the group and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, man, it was, uh, it, was, it was a dope little time. Had some brunch, um, had a drink, just kind of chilled and, you know, just decided to take it easy, you know, because usually you go out to places like that and you're almost like geared to do something like dance or you're geared to, um, uh, you might even be gigging. So it's like, you're kind of like on for that, but it was just like, um, your, uh, your gig that you just did on Friday as well. Um, over at, um, uh, eat street. And that was like another one of those things where it was just like low bandwidth, Mm -hmm. sit down, just chill, enjoy good music, Mm -hmm. have a couple of drinks, have good conversations with people and stuff. And just, you know, then if you decided to get up and groove a little bit, you could, but it wasn't like a, yeah, no. what it was like a like a dance party. Yeah, it wasn't expected, which right. is honestly mm-hmm. like my kind of deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just like Turnstile men- mentioned, I, I spun an event. Um, well, it wasn't necessarily an event, but I spun a night. It was at East Street Crossing, it's a new food hall here in Minnesota. It's in Minneapolis. Um, it's really unique. It was mm-hmm. uh, the building that it's in was formerly an Arizona antique store building, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, my client slash friend bought the building with his with his partners, and they've owned it for like three years. And um, yeah, so right before pandemic kicked in, mm-hmm. they bought it, and they're going to do something with it. But then pandemic kicked in, so mm-hmm. you know, a lot of th- a lot of stuff they had to put that on hold. Yep. But as soon as pandemic started slowing down, they ramped up the construction, mm-hmm. ramped up the development, design, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And the food hall ended up opening. Um, it was like February. Yeah, is when it ended up ended up opening. So right away, I was like, shit, dude. Um, and around that time, that's when I was like, you know what? I think I want to, I think I want to start doing like DJ gigs again. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to start like, you know, cause why waste this thing? Yeah. You know, why waste the talent? Why waste, like, I think, I feel like I have something that I can offer to Minneapolis. Yep, why not? Definitely. Why not give it, why not give it a go? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like speaking out loud and, um, you know, shout out to Marshall. Marshall was like, dude, why don't you fucking spin for Ben? At here at East Street Crossing, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I he was like, "Here, just hit up Ben," and I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll hit him up." He's like, "You know, fuck it, I'll hit him up right now." Literally, we're in the car, and he like hits him up. He's like, "Ben, you know Ozzy's a DJ, right?" He's like, "Really?" <laughs> and um, one thing about Ben is like, he's super humble. Mm-hmm. He's probably like in his late like mid mid forties, mm-hmm. Vietnamese guy, super humble. But he is wildly successful. If you put it this way, if you go to MSP Airport, and I don't even know if I should be saying this on air, but fuck it. If you go to MSP Airport or if you go to Boston, that airport in Boston, and you look at the restaurants, he owns about half of them. Mm. So he's like wildly successful. Yeah. And, you know, but he's just super humble, just Mm -hmm. chill. You wouldn't even know. Like he was there. He was there Friday, just walking mm-hmm. around casually, yeah. like, just like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, he, like, put me on. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll have you reach out to Marianne, who's, like, the talent manager here, and, you know, we'll get something set up for you, Word. and we'll give you a try. Because mm-hmm. he's never heard any of my stuff. I sent him my SoundCloud, but whatever, you know, like, all shit, a good amount of this, my solo stuff in my SoundCloud is kind of outdated anyways. Mm-hmm. Um but it worked out. Friday was a success. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty yeah. funny. Like, I felt like I was time. I was like, dude, I feel like I'm fucking spinning at a wedding. Cause, yeah. 
Because I had to remind myself, like, look, not everyone here is a dancer or right. a DJ, so they don't really give a shit how you're cutting, spinning, or mm-hmm. looping, or whatever, as long as you play good tracks. Right. And yep. it was that was the point. Like, I played a lot of decent tracks and got a lot of good feedback and review. Even the security guard came up to me and mm-hmm. shook my hand and shit. Yeah. He was like, yo, yo, this track is pumping. And he's like, everyone's been saying how good you were. Like, mm-hmm. everyone that walked out, like, saying you're a really good fucking DJ. Yep. I felt like a jacket. Like, I felt like a dumbass because one person even came up. He's like, you have a card? And I was like, oh, my God. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a card. So I'm going to make it a point tonight or tomorrow to design a DJ card. Mm-hmm. And from there on, it's, yeah. They, they've got, um, Angel was just showing me this today, actually. Um, there's like a card that you can have that's got like an RF signal. Yeah, on your phone, right? Um, and then anybody that like walks up to you, all they got to do is boop that Scan it, yeah. real quick. And, you know, me, I, I've got um, on the back of my laptop, I've got my QR oh. for um, that I printed out. Uh, shout out to Al over at Crazy Lady Inc. Mm-hmm. because he had adhesive labels because people were walking up and asking if I had a, a card. And I was just like, I don't have any cards on me, but I do have um, a uh, um, my Instagram handle. And then, of course, subsequently that's attached to my SoundCloud and mm-hmm. also to the podcast and everything else. Do you pay for that QR code? No. Really? No. So yeah. like, what website do you go through? Um, I don't remember... <laughs> Honestly, I don't even remember how the hell I got a QR code hmm. that attached to my Instagram. Like, I, I think maybe there might have been something that I did before where I gigged for somebody and they um, they decided to make me one. Oh. Just, and, and I don't know if they, if they have access to, like, information where they were able to just, like, say, okay, we just we took your SoundCloud and your, um, your Instagram and um, integrated everything and then just gave you a QR code mm-hmm. because you're going to be gigging for us at this thing. But I just had it just sitting there. So I tested it one time because I'd never used it, like, personally. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to make sure that it actually worked. So I did. And when I did, it brought me right to my Instagram without any issues. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. So I just kept it. And then, then, yeah, once I... uh, Once I was that crazy lady and everyone kept asking me, I was was just like, I was like, Al, um, do you... you, I know you guys do, like, adhesives... um, for uh, uh, for outlines for for ink, but do you guys have any like solid adhesive paper that you'd be able to print me out at, like a, a QR code? And he's like, yeah, send it to me. And so I sent it to him. Then he's like, he gave me like four sheets. He's like, here you go. I was Sick. like, well, shit, you, you, I only needed one. I said I was just gonna put it on the back of my laptop. He's like, here, you, now you got it for other items and stuff. You know, here you could probably put it like on the back of your phone or something if you know somebody wants to come up and you can just quickly have them scan your phone or whatever. I think I'm, okay. yeah, so I think I'm going to do, um, yeah, I'm still going to do a business card. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'll do is one side will be like information like my number, email, SoundCloud link, Instagram. And then the other side will be a QR code. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to fucking do. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, f- I was just like, holy shit. I can't believe I didn't come prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. Right. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be a packed night, which it ended up being a pretty busy night. Mm-hmm. Like, I just didn't, I don't know, I, I, I was like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to go play some music casually and just yep, go on with my day. Yeah. But I it, mean, yeah. It, and shout out to, um, what's the name of the sushi place? That's uh, in Sushi Dory. Sushi Dory. Shout out to them because 
they had something that was so close to spam masubi yeah that bugged me out because it brought me right back to vegas so yeah. i was like oh shit. it's probably the um i mean because it had spam in it right yep yeah it's like it, it's literally a spam masubi mm-hmm. but it's like spam something uh yeah those sandwiches are fucking great yeah yeah and it, yeah. and and it's a cool concept because they, they just they make it like an open face mm-hmm. sushi roll. Yep. So rather than having to like wrap everything in the nori paper and then you know you're cutting it up into sections, it's like why don't we just take the the uh, the rice and put the nori around it like a almost like a sandwich or a taco, mm-hmm. and then put all the fillings like in that. Right. So yeah. So shout out to them because they they did a really good job with that and the uh, the egg with the. Um, the spam and the rice yep. and um and i forgot what fish they used but it, it's it all blended really well it was it was yeah it was good awesome that one's my favorite one and then mm-hmm. i also like the saigon 88 okay that one's fucking good too because it's like literally a bummy sandwich okay but with sushi, but, but with sushi. overtones yeah that show was yeah. phenomenal i had two of the uh, so i had the spam one and then i had that one mm-hmm. right before everyone came through yeah like i just wanted to like get something in my stomach because mm-hmm. i ended up having like five or six um uh, what's it called? Old fashions. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like five or six old fashions, <laughs> and then I had like three shots of tequila. Okay, I was like, dude, I was on one for sure. But yeah. but it was like I wasn't drunk. No, no, that was that was what I noticed. I I think the only thing that that was like funny was I think Ty was starting to get a little bit tipsy, a little bit tipsy. <laughs> like you could tell he was kind of getting flushed. Yeah, but. You know, that that's usually, like, very rare anyway because, I mean, I've never known Ty to be, like, a big, big drinker drinker. Like, he's not the right. guy that, like, tips back, like, seven drinks anytime no. he goes out. No. He'll usually just have, like, one drink and he nurses it mm-hmm. unless he's out with, like, crew and mm-hmm. you guys are getting rowdy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Joe decides to, like, bring out, like, hey, bro, sake bombs, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, oh, shit, it's going to get emotional. And, yeah. um, but Ty was like, you could just kind of tell he, like, we were all looking at him and we're going like, oh yeah, yeah, he's feeling this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Melvino was like thinking that it was prudent to, uh, uh, buy us all shots. And I think, uh, Meng, <laughs> yeah. Meng bought us around yeah. and the Melvino was like, all right, I'm going to do another round of shots here. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm fucking awesome yeah. right now. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I want to be able to drive home, please. And uh, thank you. That was fun though. That was yeah, super fun. It was fun. a good time. Um, yeah, shout out to everyone that came through. Yeah, shout out yeah. to you. Like, yeah. you know, the support was really meaningful. Like, well, yeah, and I mean, it wasn't just like you guys too. Like, it was like a lot of our friends that aren't dancers uh-huh. that pulled up. I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck, are you doing here?" And, yeah. and then they're like, "Yeah, we just saw that you're going to be spinning, so we just decided to come through and yeah. grab some food and stuff." There you go. Um, it was so funny because Sarah, um, Sarah, like literally. She was like, dude, she got, she lucked out mm-hmm. because my, what my idea was, was, okay, I'm going to play some raunchy ass fucking hip hop, mm-hmm. like nineties hip hop, like tribe, right. like all the shit that says N words and like talks about fucking and, and all that <laughs> shit. You know, I'm going to play all that fucking shit in the beginning just to get everyone like, yeah. like, you know, like, Oh, let's get, let's get, let's do mm-hmm. something. Right. Right. And then I'm going to play some R and B. I'm going to mm-hmm. relax it a little bit, play mm-hmm. some R and B nineties R and B, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, shit that from from our era. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to end it all with house. Yep. Because that's that's when I feel like all the dancers are going to show up. So they give mm-hmm. something to vibe and groove to. Right. None of that happened. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the minute, like, as soon as I started spinning, I saw all these families with children coming mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, oh, fuck. 
fuck. You're like, well, so much for two live crew. Yep. So um. <laughs> so much for tribe. So much for fucking uh, Das Effect. So much for so uh, so much for all this. Um, but but it's fine too because I actually ended up. Um, I missed. I actually missed mentioning this, but mm-hmm. um, I was also going to play some electronic hip hop on okay. beat. So mm-hmm. like some Kitranada. Yeah. Um, all that stuff, and that actually ended up being the bulk of my set. Okay, yeah. and luckily, and I, and then I, I kind of shocked myself too because I realized like, holy fuck, I have a lot of music. Yeah, I have a lot of this music. Yep, and mm-hmm. um, it's exactly what fit the whole vibe. Yeah, and that's what people really loved the most mm-hmm. that night. Like that, strangers were coming up to me. They're like, mm-hmm. the music you're playing right now really fits this whole food hall. Yeah, I was like, oh yep. great, thanks. You know? Yeah, um, and then so that happened, right? So then I started transitioning in the house. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, all right, well, you know, let's... And that's where I feel like I need to focus the most, mm-hmm. is when I started playing house, I'm like, hey, you know, I actually want to blend and cut and, like, mm-hmm. do all sorts of things. Right. You know, and be, like, great, be um, clean about it. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah shows up, and I think she was too embarrassed to ask me. Mm-hmm. So Ty comes up, he's like, yo, play some R&B. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, play some R&B. Sarah wants to hear some R&B. <laughs> I was like, uh, I mean, I've only been playing house for, like, I only played like five songs. Right. I was like, all right, sure. Yep. <laughs> so switched it to R&B mm-hmm. and um, yeah, people enjoyed it because it was late night and mm-hmm. it actually worked out. Like, right. I think that's how I kind of want to do it now from now on. And whenever I spin is, um, and it kind of reminded me, um, shit, I don't know if you were with us at this time, but we were at Blueprint. Okay. Um, damn, were you with us? No, because Jardy was staying. Mm-hmm. With, with us at this time. It was me, Foot, Jardy, and Bradley. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Um, we went to the one of the Blueprint uh, pre-parties. And towards the end of the night, they just started playing, like, neo-soul R&B okay. shit. And that got everyone, like, on the vibe. Mm-hmm. And that's after, like, going hard on house yeah. and stuff. So I think that's the... I think that's my... um, What is it? That's my uh, recipe. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's always been your steez. Like, you you really do hold true to like that Bay Area style, uh, style, where anybody that's like from there knows that the minute that you start playing some like Albie Shore mm-hmm. or you start playing some En Vogue or SWV, everyone's like, oh shit, you know, they all just start like losing their minds. Yeah, and um, when you kind of understand and and are able to like really read the room rather than just like, you know, constantly playing like specifically what you want to hear, but you kind of have this idea of like how, how you can kind of like slide the, uh, the, the vegetables in with the dish, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else will walk up to you and they say the magic words. They go, Hey, I normally don't listen to house, but I really liked that blend that you did where you took, you took us out of SWV and you brought us into some, some something I've never heard before. This was like all vibey and stuff. Who was that? And you're like, oh, that was Black Coffee. And you're like, holy shit. And then you you went out of that into a tribe called Quest. I was like, yo, man, that was fucking that was ill. I like I like that. Well, who was that artist? You know, and yeah. you know, can I get your SoundCloud and you know what's your Instagram and everything else? And then now you're you're broadening your clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, you're broadening your reputation. You get um, one of the best things that I've learned. It, as a DJ is um, playing those neutral days, you know, the ones where you're not necessarily playing like a theme night. So it's not like, you know, a house music night or a hip hop event or this or that. It's just sort of like, hey, we just need to like 
push you off into the in into the water and just have you just stay afloat for like four hours mm-hmm. and you start to get really creative with your mixes at that point because now you're you're going like well i don't want to just like hit everybody over the head with you know 128 beats per minute i want to take people down to like some slower stuff i want to go cross genre i want to go into maybe some classic mm-hmm. stuff that like nobody has really heard but it it fits with the theme and i picked up a lot of that um it, it really made me like a more complete DJ when I started doing the um, the stuff over at the tattoo shop over at Crazy Lady Inc. in Shakopee, Minnesota. Um, and because it was like Al would just basically say like, hey, as long as you're not playing like... Because he's not a big fan of hip hop. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I, I just don't want to hear like... I'm not really a big fan of like trap music and like... Mm-hmm. Or like dubstep or like, you know, this or like that. And I said, okay, cool. But he's he's a First Avenue alumni. Like he did sound and would mix with like the whole crew that was like coming that that was like uh, this was before Pete Max era when Pete started working for First Avenue. Mm-hmm. He they, these were like the old guard, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so he he has like a lot of like old like classic house and like really good white label shit. He brings stuff to me and he'll bring me thumb drives and be like, here, I just pressed a whole bunch of stuff or. Um, um, ripped a bunch of stuff from vinyl onto MP3. You know, tell me what you think. And there's like a lot of stuff that I already have, but there's like other shit that I had, like I, I don't have access to. So I was like, oh yeah, okay, bet. And I'm like bringing that over to my um, to my uh, laptop, and then I'm just playing that music as I'm mixing and stuff. But what's dope is that he appreciates the fact that I'm very multifaceted as a DJ. So I don't just say, well, you know, house is my specialty. So that's all I have. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll be playing house music, and then uh, like the <laughs> like the uh, the infamous My Chemical Romance <laughs> day when that dude was just like, "Hey man, you got any punk?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got punk." And then he's just like, "Yeah, can you play some My Chemical Romance?" And I almost threw him out of the fucking shop just on principle. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like saying like, "Yo, like I, I really like old school hip hop." And you're like, oh, word, like, like who, who, who are you fucking with? Like, Disco 3 and shit like that? And like, no, nah, man, like, Pac and Biggie. That's not old school. And you're like, that's not old school hip-hop. That's, that's like, 90s, that's 90s and, and, and boom bap and, you know, that era. But it, it, it also, like, so I try to give people the benefit of the doubt um, and try not to be too much of a music snob. But at the same time, it's like, genres exist for a reason and time periods exist for a reason. So... Don't think that like everything fucking started with Green Day or don't think that everything started with like, you know, you listened to Diplo last week. So now you're thinking that like everything is revolved around Diplo. Right. It's like there's there's whole decades and like specific eras. And also a lot of those people that produce that shit don't live in that as well. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I make this this kind of music, but I'm also real big into jazz or Delta blues or hardcore or you know drum and bass or you know tech or what have you yeah that's where they get their inspiration from yeah so it's like you know you 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 hear that shit all the time when you listen to prince you know and and you'd you'd realize that he he has a very specific signature but you can tell you can hear where like Jimi hendrix Mm -hmm. would come into play where punk rock would come into play where synth pop would come into play where you know, funk and soul, you know, Brothers Johnson and stuff like that would come into play. And then he would just stir fry it and, and then put his signature. Or even then, well. like for the newer generation or like current or newer, 
like if you look at producers like Pharrell or artists like mm-hmm. Jay Z, like yep. their inspirations comes from like punk and rock and yeah. shit like that. Yep. Like and they're like heavy hip hop producers right. and artists and right. rappers and whatnot. Same with Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like he listens to he listens to political tapes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't fucking really listen to music like that. Well, and, he, and he's a and he's a spoken word poet first, so you even hear it in his lyrical style. He doesn't have like like where most deaf when they were doing uh, Black Star, you would hear most deaf's style was very much like jazz mm-hmm. oriented, but his shit was like beat poetry. He put he put like forty seven words into like one bar. Yeah. And be like, you know, the the metaphysical um, indoctrination of a, of, a, of a nation of a people is this and this and this. That's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. but that was how you could kind of stay afloat because he would be hitting you with like the Chuck D stuff, but then like most stuff was kind of like Flav, where he like gave it that that levity and that balance. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you listen to um, to somebody like uh, like most stuff, and then he was doing his solo stuff, there were some albums that he was doing that weren't even like rhymes. He was just singing. You know, but it was like it was like lo-fi, jazzy, kind of. It was kind of hip hop, but it sort of wasn't. And you'd hear this, and you just go like, "God damn, man, this guy is fucking amazing." And Q-Tip would do the same shit too. Like there'd be times where he's like crooning on the mic; he's not even rhyming; he was singing, singing. And um, and then you get into hearing uh, "Old Dirty Bastard." He was another person who surprisingly he he had a voice too. Like he didn't just rhyme. You could hear mm-hmm. him singing, but most of the time when he was singing, it was like, because he was, they were segueing into something in, in Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. But then when he would just be doing his own shit, you'd hear him like straight up singing like song songs and stuff. And, you know, so I, I think that, yeah, being multifaceted as a DJ is equally as important because then what you're doing is you're showing the audience that there's something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not oblivious. You're not just playing like one specific genre and just you know hammering them over the head. Um, and because it's a neutral place, right? It's like you got parents with their kids. You got people from around the way. You got people that are here from out of state. You got people that are working. You got everybody is just you know combined here. So you don't want to be too specific right. because then it's going to like ostracize and leave out other groups of people. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen. A lot of DJs will turn around and, you know, be feeling themselves and they'll be fucking dropping, you know, nothing but like wall to wall trap music or whatever, or, you know, they're bumping nothing but techno and everything they drop, they're just like, Oh yeah, I'm the shit. And they're losing the crowd. You can just see that the, the crowd is like mm-hmm. becoming flatter and flatter until eventually you start noticing the dance floor has like a, an opening and then finally, it's just people just kind of spectating, going like, all right, you know, and this person's like, well, I don't understand what happened. And I'm like, yeah, you lost them. You have to figure out a way. Sometimes you're playing cross-genre, and then you notice a pressure point. And you see that, like, yo, when I started playing 90s boom bap, you know, um, uh, like, um, uh, what's his name? From, uh, uh, like, like Jay Dilla-esque types of beats. You started noticing people were getting like intensified, like they were feeling it, right? And then you started going into more, you know, like two thousands soldier boy kind of shit, and then the crowd starts to tune out and they're just like, Yeah, fuck this. Mm-hmm. You know? So you have to be uh, we we almost have to be like able to read those social cues and notice that, you know, oh I, I threw this one um Afro House record on and all of a sudden the floor just livened up. 
So, all right, I'm, I'm going to keep it on percussive, vibey types of things. I'm going to throw in a little bit of Latin house, mm-hmm. maybe go into like a salsa song, maybe throw in some bachata, uh, round it out with some cumbia, you know, a little, little love letter to like Selena, you know, bump one of her songs. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, shit, you know. Yeah. So it's like because maybe there's like the crowd wants to dance. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where you kind of can just tell that the crowd just wants to vibe and talk and, you know, listen to good music as they're having a conversation. So you don't want something that's going to like overshadow yep. what they're trying to do, too. You don't want, you don't want to have like this big club banger, right. you know, some Steve Aoki shit when everyone's like sitting here sipping coffee and, right. you know, chilling yeah. by campfire. Also, um, real quick, my apologies to <laughs> my apologies for the timing about Friday's event, um, when I when I if you if you received an invite on Facebook, everyone was honestly supposed to receive an invite. It was supposed to be an open event, mm-hmm. but when I when I made the event page, uh, Facebook decided to switch it up to private. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I hate that. Shit. And to add on to that, when I made the event page, I was still in Vegas uh, for work. So the time didn't translate. Even though if I did switch the time when I was there, I switched it to Central. Right. As soon as I came back here, like it, it was stayed Central, but it mm-hmm. switched it further. So, you know, the event went from seven p.m. to ten thirty. Mm-hmm. Then it switched it to nine thirty to twelve thirty, <laughs> or nine p.m. to twelve thirty. Yeah. And. um Thank God I noticed it right. because uh, Melvina reposted it and I looked at mm-hmm. the time. I was like, why the fuck does it say that? And then right. I checked the mm-hmm. event page here in Minnesota and I was like, oh shit. So I made a post right away. Um, someone didn't catch the post mm-hmm. and they showed up at fucking 1030. Yeah. Or they showed up at, no, they showed up at 1130. Mm-hmm. You want to take a guess who it was? It was uh, Mike. Nope. It was Stepchild. <laughs> Oh no! Fucking step child gives me a call, and his wife's with him. He's like, "Yo, I got. I'm on. You're on speaker. Me and Michelle. Where's Where's everyone at? <laughs> and I'm already at home. I'm like, um, right. dude, the event ended at 10:30. He's like, word. Mm. He's like, I thought it went till 12:30. I was like, no, dude, I made like a whole post and everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, damn. He's like, because no one's here. I'm like, yeah, the place fucking closes at like 1030. Yeah. <laughs> the place closes like damn near 11. Oh, nothing gets by step. <laughs> I felt so bad. I was like, I'm so fucking sorry, man, that mm-hmm. you didn't catch that. Yeah. You know, like, I posted on my Instagram stories, mm-hmm. which I saw you viewed. I posted it. Yeah. I posted it uh, on the Facebook event page, warning everyone about the right. time. Like. I was trying to get everyone to to notice, and the funny so what made even that that part even funnier, yeah. And this isn't even involving step. Was that as soon as I informed everyone about the time, I got like a number of messages saying, "Oh, thank God, it's an early night." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, damn. That's how I know that my generation is fucking coming through because we're yeah. like, we don't fuck this two a.m. shit, right? <laughs> like, let's end it at ten thirty. <laughs> yeah, and and there's like a there's a thing that you you appreciate about like just being able to beat kind of like the, the the evening and overnight like bar crowd too it's nice to be able to go out have a couple drinks maybe get down or whatever and then be back at home and um and like off the road Mm -hmm. as opposed to you know you're driving like 245 3 a.m or something 
you got some motherfucker that's like cutting in your lane. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, shit. And you're like, or, you know, you're trying to get out of, you're trying to get out of the cities and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I'm almost on E and I can't go any place to get gas because I'm in like a spot of town where like everything is shut down. Well, then, you know, and then the fear of getting mugged yeah, in the wrong you know? part of town. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, I, it was so funny because I was, no, we were literally talking about um, fast food, mm-hmm. right? And I was yeah. like, fuck this. I'm going to go to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use the McDonald's app. Mm-hmm. I was home by 1130. Yeah. Or by 11, 11-ish. Yeah. This is when I was around. I was home. Mm-hmm. By, and, and there was no line at McDonald's where if it was like a typical night out, mm-hmm. there would have been a long stretch. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that's the shitty part about bar clothes is that usually you get the, this idea as if you're the only person in town that just decided Eureka I think Taco Bell would be good right now. And then you pull out to this place and it, it looks like hot Lana. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just motherfuckers like everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the drive through lane is just like spiraling around like a dragon's tail and shit. You know, like, yeah. fuck, man. And um, so I'm, I'm that kind of person where sometimes I'll proactively think ahead. I'll have leftovers at home or I'll know like other little haunts and spots that I could go in and just like get my stuff and get out. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, and then also other times where I go, you know what? I've been, I've already been here for two hours. I've seen enough. You know, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go home. And people are like, oh, what are you, what are you doing after this? Go home, Going home, <laughs> play super punch out, and then go to sleep. Yeah. You know, and they're just like, <laughs> like, oh shit, well, we're looking for like more stuff to do. Why? Yeah, and, and I'm like, <laughs> it's the same shit. Yeah. wherever you go. <laughs> I mean, and it's a different story, and it's a different animal when you go to um, places like New York, where I mean, it really is the city that never sleeps. Yeah. So, so you, you can find some different shit to do. Yeah, and yeah. and you have options. Like like when we went to New York that one time, um, I can't remember if if we went there after. I think it was actually after. Was it after Kenny's workshop or was it something else? I don't think it was after we left um, Funkbox, but we ended up going to Koreatown mm. and getting Korean food at like three yeah, o'clock. That in the was morning after Funkbox. Was it after Funkbox? Yeah. Okay. Cause like five a.m. I think. I think yeah. I mean, it was like it was it was like, and we were just going like, shit, man. This is so weird to have Korean food was, this late slash early. It was weird. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it was dope, and mm-hmm. um, I think that there's going to be those times and those spots where you can like plan ahead and really, you know, kind of have like your exit strategy. Yeah. And there's other times where you're just like, I got nothing going on tomorrow, and I don't have a bedtime. I don't have to worry about you know um, being in at this time or whatever. So yeah, whatever, just let the chips fall where they may. And then mm-hmm. you might luck out and have a really good time. Yeah. Um, but then also there have been some times where you'd be out there and uh, some shit would like start kicking and and you're like, fuck, man. I, like, I should have gone home like two hours ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm really not a fan of, especially when it's like, if you're going out to have a good time and somebody decides that they want to bring some kind of bullshit into yeah. the the mix. I have like a very very low tolerance for that aspect of it, right? Some people think that it's fun to go out and get into a bar fight or talk shit to somebody or you know pull the heat on somebody or whatever. And and I'm like, "Yo, man, we're we're all out here for the same purpose. We're all out here just to, you know, maybe have a couple of drinks, listen to good music, dance, socialize and whatnot. Why do you want to end this on such a shitty note?" All right. You know? I agree. And um and, and there have been some times where, like, people have even stepped to me and 
they they were just trying to like flex just to see if they could you know impose something on me and i would immediately come back at them with like both barrels and they were like yo and like even my friends would be like yo shit chill chill styles and i'm I'm like no fuck that i'm like you want to do something jump and the person is like um well i didn't think you were actually gonna respond back as aggressively as you were Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm like yeah you know, because you're you're threatening me, you're threatening my friends, you're embarrassing yourself, you're making this an awkward moment. This should have been a good night. You should have just been over there having your beer, dancing, and doing your thing. But now you want to come over here and you want to start some shit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, so fuck you. And so I'm, I'm like very like, I'm very picky about like, if I know I'm out someplace, like let's say I'm out in, you know, um, uh, Houston for Blueprint or I'm over on, in New York or this place or that place then I'll, I'll make the exception to stay late but even when I was at Blueprint I had a whole like the smartest idea I just took a, a page out of your book and I was like yo I'm going to rent my own car and I'm going to have my own place that I'm staying at so that way I'm not beholden to anybody mm-hmm. so I don't have to try to wrangle people from like all over the fucking continent and say, all right, everybody, I'm, I'm getting ready to go back to the hotel. You know, who's who's riding with me and all that shit. I was just like, yo, man, I'm, I'm tapping out tonight. Everyone's like, oh, you're not going to stay, like, super late? No, no, I'm going to get up tomorrow, go to a sauna, you know, maybe take, like, a yoga class or do whatever, you know, and stuff. And I'll, I'll see you at the next thing. And there was other times where I just stayed until, like, the bitter end when they were, like, wheeling out equipment and shit. Mm-hmm. But I had that option. Right. Which sucks sometimes when you go out someplace with, like, a group of friends and you got that one friend who's like way too fucked up and they should be done. They should have been done two hours ago. And they're like, oh, let's go to the next thing, man. Come on. I just want to fucking party. Yeah, fuck yeah. that. And I'm like, nah, nah, <laughs> we're, we're cutting this shit short. Man, why you got to be a little bitch? And it's just like, well, this bitch is the one who's got the keys. So yeah. you adhere to said bitchdom or yeah. you walk the fuck home or get an Uber. Mm-hmm. Oh, I ain't got money for an Uber. Well, then you don't have a fucking vote, my friend, at all. <laughs> yeah. So that, that page... I took that page out of uh, Joe's book as well. I remember, I remember, like it was just like yesterday. We, um, I think it was like 2013, and I think we were on our way to go to an event. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Do you want to roll together?" He was like, "Nah, man." I was like, "What?" He was like, it's "Nothing personal, but I like my own exit." Mm-hmm. And that's ex- after you said that, I was like, "Damn, yeah, you are fucking right." And then also, <laughs> I took a page out of Johnny's book because mm-hmm. that fucker doesn't say bye. Yeah. He just goes. Right. And I was like, dude, why don't you say bye? He's like, why waste all this time? Yeah. <laughs> if they want to, if they really, really wanted to say bye to me, they would have, they'll hit me up mm-hmm. and say, where the fuck did you go? And right. And I'll explain to them yep. that I just had to go. Right. And I'm like, damn, you're right. Mm-hmm. Cut the fucking bullshit. Yep. <laughs> like, come out of here. Like, at the last few events, I just, balance dude mm-hmm. and nobody cared yeah like nobody gives a flying fuck right because i wouldn't either but oh he just left all right well, mm-hmm. you know well and it's kind of cool too it adds to like the mystique because then people usually there's like this whole big like uh, i was joke around about the seventh element of hip-hop being loitering mm-hmm. where it's like everyone stands out in the parking lot and they fucking talk about where they're gonna go eat 
for another two hours. Yeah. And then finally they decide on, it's like, well, we can't get fun now because the place is closed because you guys are too busy with your dick in your hand. Well, here's the issue is that everyone has ADHD. So uh-huh. they're talking about going to eat and then they're talking about some other fucking bullshit that right. means nothing. Right. And, or like they're talking about something that means everything mm-hmm. and they should be discussing that at the dinner table. Yep. But they're, they're sitting there yep. outside of a fucking venue where it's closed and it's nighttime mm-hmm. and... Little did they know that the restaurant they wanted to go to is about to fucking close. Yep. So now they're going to be starving uh-huh. because they don't want to wait in line to go to McDonald's because, it's the again, like you said, it's like a fucking dragon's tail, like wrapping around, going right. crazy, slow. So now what? Right. <laughs> and look at all that time that we just wasted. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I and I do that sometimes. Um, I do that sometimes because, like, it's, it's, it's something that I remember. It was reminiscent of, like, when we were kids, right? Um, I'm probably pretty sure that your mom and your pop were the same way too. Like they would go someplace and then you decide you're going to go over to like the toy or the candy or the magazine aisle or whatever. And they're just like, all right, well I'm going Bye." And you could tune them out if you wanted to, Mm -hmm. but then you were going to have to be sitting there figuring out like, did my parents just leave me? Mm -hmm. So as soon as you heard that they like left the aisle or you hear your mom up to like the front register, mm-hmm. whatever you did, you dropped and went out there. Yep. You know? And um, so I, I think that sometimes um, it's it, it's also like a matter of like uh, having like a, a boundary set where you go, listen, I drove everybody out here. Uh, I'm not obligated to stay out here to the bitter end. I know you would really like to. So if you want to stay and you got some other, you know, ride home or whatever, cool. But guess what? I'm going to Perkins right now, you know, mm-hmm. or I'm going out to this uh, fuss spot or I'm going to grab a bon me sandwich before this place closes. So um, either you're with me or fuck off. Right. And then some people are like, damn, why you got to be so, well, cause I don't have time to indulge you. Well, if you're going to roll with me, then fucking roll with me. Yeah. You know, like, well, that, and that's, that's the reason to why I don't really have people roll with me or yep. I don't roll with other people. Yeah. Cause I'm like, fuck this shit. Yep. Like I, again, I like my own exit. Mm hmm. And then what if you come out to some place? Maybe it's like whack as fuck. Right. You're like, yo, this is this is lame. I, I think I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. And other people are like, oh no, stay for a while. And if you're everybody else's ride or everyone's expecting, and they try to talk you back into it, you might not be having fun, and then you're gonna be bad company. Right. So it's like it's better just to be able to have that ability. Or if you do roll with some people where they're all on the same page, where they say, listen. I'm I'm good to go whenever you're good to go. All you got to do is tap me on the shoulder and let me know we're we're fucking off. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, bet. And then you know you're out there for an hour or two, and then you finally come up and tap that person on the shoulder, and they're like, oh, we're ready. Okay, cool. Let me just grab my my jacket or my purse or my whatever, and l- let me let me um, pay out my my tab or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. But you know, then you run into like other shit where it's like you're trying to find somebody, mm-hmm. and then you're spending like another hour trying to go through like a sea of people and then oh, it's the worst man yeah and it's just it's, yeah. it's just a complete and total pain in the ass yeah it's the worst and then yeah dude been there done that don't mm-hmm. want to go back yeah fuck that so yeah it's i, I think that like it, it also comes into play with like what we've learned through our experience as far as like cipher etiquette as well and knowing how to read the room Mm-hmm. And read the conversation that's going on. Sometimes it's even reading the conversation in the cipher and know that you don't have anything to say. Right. So why go in there? 
mm-hmm. right? So people are like, no, you should do, don't be shy. Oh, no, you should show off. You should do this. And I'm like, I'm literally going to be interrupting what these two or these three people are all talking about right now. Right. And I don't have any input. You know, they're, they're talking about baseball, and I'm going to jump in and start talking about my cat. Mm-hmm. And it's going to just fuck up the whole dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be that person i'd rather just watch right exactly and, that, and that's and that's um once you get that there'll be times where you can do with or without by people watching or uh just <laughs> yeah. you know just vibing or finding a corner and just grooving and everybody else is like oh why don't you come over here and uh dance with us and i'm like because this is just me you know kind of just drawing circles in the sand while the rest of you guys are doing something very specific and i don't want to i just want to play I'm just mm-hmm. gonna go over here and be in the sandbox and just play, and um, and then you run into like the people that try to treat it almost like it's a like a game, right? Um, where they kind of say, "All right, everybody, let's all get together here." Like I, I hate that when you have that at parties where there's like that person who tries to like micromanage everyone's fun. So mm-hmm. they say, "All right, everybody, um, let's all like get out of the kitchen and go into the living room because we're gonna play," um, you know. Uh, taboo or or yeah. something yeah and, and i'm like don't you see like some of us are sitting here just like drinking and talking like we have no fucking intention right it's better when you walk in and you say hey everybody um some of us are going to start uh playing board games in the other room so if you if y'all want to uh, get in and get down on this you know uh break rank and you know right that's the here. way to do it right but yeah. then that person will come back like five five minutes later and be like come on guys hurry up like we're starting it's start without us yeah you know little well, just like the same shit. Like, you know, you're getting ready to leave the party. Then you keep coming back and saying, all right, well, I haven't said bye to everybody. It's like, you just, just fucking go, dude. Fucking go. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, and then people turn around and they bitch. And they're like, oh, why didn't you say goodbye? Well, we've got supercomputers in our pockets that well, can communicate. Well, so, here's, well, here's the thing, too. It's like maybe one out of ten people are going to bitch and whine like that, right? Yeah. The, the, the other nine or eight don't give a fuck. Right. Like, they're too busy on their own shit. Right. So nobody fucking cares if you're leaving. Right. Like, I hate to say it, you're not that special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. You know what I mean? Like, we're, and not you, but we're not that special. Mm-hmm. People are on their own agenda right now. Right. So they're like... You got a dumbass here trying to fuck this girl. Mm-hmm. You got a dumbass over here trying to ask the judges, like, oh, what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know, and you got this dumbass, like, wondering why they lost. Huh. You know, like, everyone's on their own agenda. Nobody fucking cares. Right. So just go do your thing. Right. Exactly. Unless you're that insecure. Yeah. You know. Which, it, it leads me to believe that that's where a lot of, like, a, lo- a lot of problems that we run into seem to stem from our own personal perspective of things as opposed to the actualization of what it is right um dancers run into this all the time um especially like dancers that want to open the trap about like what they think about something and i kind of like look at over at them and i'm like i don't remember asking you about that at all (laughs) well you know bro um just let you know and i go well first and foremost you don't even need to you know like preface this with like bro because what you're about to tell me is nothing remotely brotherly. <laughs> this is just going to be like you're you're just like, hey, I, I want to feel important and I want to shit on you about whatever I think. And I'm like, just save it. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Oh, no, bro. No, don't be like that. I'm like, no, I'm not being anything. I'm actually just telling you right now that like I seriously do not fucking care. 
Um, I, I actually respect people a lot more that'll say that. Like if let's say I'm getting ready to go into a rant about music or something and a person goes, Hey, before you even start, like, I don't know half of the shit that you're going to start talking about. So, you know, tell it to somebody who cares kind of thing. <laughs> and I go, all right. You know, and I, and I, and I realize that now you could sit there and be rectally wounded afterwards and be like, Oh, who the fuck does that person think they are? And then now you notice that you're getting into the spiral because you just felt dismissed and you feel upset about that. But the person was just telling you the truth. Well, the person saved you some time. Exactly. Because you could have been sitting there and they could have been like indulging you going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And then afterwards, it's like, what was he talking to you about? It's like, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, the guy's like, I have no idea. I was just thinking about tits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or, or like, yo, I was I was rolling hard on Molly. So It's like, you know, it's like the fucking scene in uh, Step Brothers where he's, this guy's talking. He's like, oh, tits. <laughs> that Catalina wine mixer. Yeah. He's like, oh, titties. <laughs> he just fucking walks away. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I don't know why, but I just want to. Punch you! you. I just want to put one of these in your sock hole. Deliver one of these to your sock hole. (laughs) Oh, tits! (laughs) You know, pow! The fucking Catalina wine mixer. It's the fucking Catalina (laughs) wine mixer. But yeah, you you'll run into folks that have, and and I think it's it's funny because we do a lot of things just for posterity. Like we go out to like uh, parties and bars and things, and and everyone puts on like this this show and this affectation. Rather than just being like very honest about why you're there, or what you're doing, or how you want to interact with people, and then um, there was a, there was a time where I was sitting there, and this dude, I, I was sitting at a bar, and this dude all of a sudden was talking to me and shit, and I was just being polite, so I was like chiming back in, and then um, and then I think he let on the something that he tried to shoehorn the conversation into like flat Earth. And like you know, government conspiracies and stuff. And I said, I said, hey, listen, I go, um, bro, before you even start on any of this shit, I'm like, I'm, I'm just waiting for some people, so I don't really want to get into this conversation. And and then he got defensive, and I said, no, you can you can get off your back foot too. I said, just just acknowledge that you know you were talking about this, and then it was small talk, and now it's starting to get into some like broad thing that. I don't really care about, or I don't have any vested interest in, so there's no need for it. I said, now, if this is just how you're feeling, you know, and somebody else is like willing to indulge that, cool. I'm like, but I'm, I'm not the guy, you know, I'm not saying that what you're saying is not important to you. I'm just saying that's not important to me. And the person was just like, oh, okay. And then they walked over and they were talking to somebody else. And then, um, one of my other, friend shows up and he's just like, what, what just happened? I was like, I dodged a massive fucking bullet. <laughs> he's like, what? And all of a sudden I was like, listen over there. And he's just like, yeah, and the fucking, the, the world, man, it's like, it's fucking flat, bro. You know, but they don't want you to believe that, man, and all that shit. And I'm just kind of like, I was like, before I have to put my foot in his ass, I'm like, I'm just going to save myself all this trouble. <laughs> the same, same shit, like, uh, I did that, I did that, um, I got it in, uh, one of my, I got it in my act for, um, cause I've been doing standup, uh, recently, but I got this whole thing about where, um, this guy wanted to fight and he goes, he goes, Oh, you want to go? And I was like, yes. And I just turned and I walked away. <laughs> it just completely fucked up his whole day. And everybody else was just oh, funny. fucking cackling and howling, laughing and shit. Because I was just like, I was like, 
yeah, I don't need to be here. You're not blocking my exit, so <laughs> bye. Yeah, if you, I mean, he did ask if you wanted to go. Yeah, I do want to go. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, and I, actually, I think I said, I said uh, yes, thank you, and I turned and <laughs> I left. And he was kind of like, he's like, did you that just fucking happen? Fuck! You're not supposed to do that. What the? Where's he going? What the fuck? This is a fight. I was like, no, you you gave me outs. Bye. <laughs> so it was like some guy that just like, like just fucking you. Know, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I, I think that yeah, that's that's like where where shit can be really funny because uh, you realize that like a lot of things that we do have a tendency to be based off of like how we think other people are looking at us and judging us when we clearly if we clearly do not give a fuck, and it's not like you secretly give a fuck, but you're just pretending like you're not. You like you really do. You're like, oh, I I don't need to be here for this, or I don't need to indulge, or I don't need to get into a tug of war. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be anything. It could, it could be politics. Um, there, was a, there was a situation um, not too long ago where this person was getting, like, um, they were getting, like, very, very, like, big about, like, where they're from, and they were, like, kind of shitting on Minnesota and being like, yeah, there's nothing out here and this and this. And and they were saying all this shit, and I'm and I'm sitting there, and I'm like looking over at Ty. Me and Ty are looking at each other, and we're kind of smirking because this person is just like, yeah. so "This was on Friday." Uh, no, no, this was not on Friday. This was a couple weekends back. Oh. And um, and we just sat there, and we're like, "Well, you know, you, you're completely missing the fact that you know you're sitting in front of two house DJs, and and then when I started asking about their paperwork." They said, you know, they were bragging about where they're from and stuff. And I go, oh, so you know, like, these circles, these people, these parties. And they hadn't heard about any of that shit. And I'm like, okay, well, then you... I mean, like, at that point, it, it kind of, like... There's a point where it's like... Um, and I feel like this is, like, a... This is a really bad habit that we have in society now. Where everyone feels like they need to, like, dunk on and correct people. But I'm like, if that person is wrong... You do not need to even be that mirror to point back their ignorance. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of like let them be. Because eventually they're going to run into the wrong person. They're going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And then someone's going to put a foot in their ass or whatever. <laughs> but you can just simply be like, you know, someone be like, you know, uh, martial arts is another good example of that shit. Where someone's like, oh, yeah, these are all these, everybody here's fucking pussies and blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here kind of going like, you do realize the cipher of people that's all talking. Or it's all like Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts. And the person's like, yeah, man, you know, fuck all these guys. Nobody can fight and this and this. And all the jujitsu guys are just quiet. Mm-hmm. And they're smiling and shit. And then and they're really nice. They're super polite. And then the minute you put a hand on them. You're getting fucked up. You're, you're getting fucked up. And, they, and they're just like, you know, hey, buddy, it's okay. And then they just put you to sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think that, it, yeah, it's like as long as it doesn't get into you backing somebody into a corner. I'm just like, yo, let, let them talk. Let them let them just prove to the rest of the crowd how little they actually know. Yeah. And then if they are, um, the, and this is like something that I, I struggled with for like a number of years, but you know, I really practice hard at, you know, um, not waiting to talk, but waiting to listen. So if I'm having a conversation with somebody rather than just like waiting for my turn to like put in my two cents, I actually want to take in what you have to say. And then I can add my, my feedback to that. As opposed to hijacking the narrative, because you know you could have been talking about something very specific to you, mm. and then again, I I want to talk about my cat, so now I'm gonna fucking start talking about my cat, and you were like, but yo, I was just talking about skateboarding, <laughs> you know, and and I'm like, yeah, 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 but you know, my cat, Mr. Mittens, 
you know, his breath smells like cat food and everything is really cool with Mr. Mittens. And another person goes, oh, okay, so you're just going to completely, like, dismiss my, what I was talking about. So I'm, I'm, I've become a lot more um, aware of how you can have, like, really good conversations with people mm-hmm. by just taking the time, you know, to, like, stop and, like, listen to somebody and, like, really take in what they have to say and then, you know, put in your two cents here. Sometimes you might be the, uh, the, uh, the what's it called, um, uh, you might be the one with the spotlight, but then in, in other conversations, you might be one of the supporting actors, right? right? You know, that you're like, yo, this is the star right here. Mm-hmm. This person's holding court yeah. and I'm just gonna be one of the people that chimes in with like, you know, my two cents here and there, but I also don't want to like steal the, their thunder. All right. And then once you read the room, you'll know, you know, you'll, you'll be having conversations with some, you know, OGs that are really like prominent in like the house scene or whatever. And you'll notice that a lot of those Cats will also be very quiet, and and then all of a sudden someone will be like, you know, why is this person so dismissive of the the shining star over there? But they want to talk to you. And well, it's like, well, yeah, because I'm not trying to impress them with anything. I'm not trying to ooh and ah them with my bullshit because they've seen it all already mm-hmm. for like decades. Right. You know, um, you know, great example of that is like Junius. You know, Junius is like one of those guys who just fucking just stands there and he'll just watch people and he'll smile and he'll nod and stuff. But then like when you get to talk with him, like straight up, I mean, that dude is just, it's just a, a phenom intellect. And you're like, God damn, bro. Like, how come you're not just like stepping in and just like commanding the entire, you know, room's attention. And, but he's that, he's that kind of guy where he's also as bold as he can be and as smart as he can be. He's also very humble. And he's like, well, because it's everybody else's time. It's not my time. It's mm. not. It's not the me show, and I don't need to like prove myself to anybody. Because again, that's that aspect of insecurity, where you mm. feel like every time you go out to some place, you gotta make a spectacle. Well, I better cipher, otherwise, no one knows that I'm a house dancer. You know, it's like no, you you do it because you feel the ghost, mm-hmm. right? And and you're moved, and you want to get down. Nobody but, cares, right? But nobody cares, and it's like, and you're doing it for you. Mm-hmm. But then you got other motherfuckers that are on this shit where they're like, all right, well, I guess I got to do something so I can stay relevant. And I hate when people say stay relevant because then that just kind of shows that like your art is not your art. It's their art. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like they're the ones who are going to judge you and call the shots and tell you that you're doing everything right or wrong. Well, you know? I mean, the whole stay relevant thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it's your art. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. I think there's a fine line because if you're trying to call shots in a scene where you've not done any work in for yeah, like over a that. decade, mm-hmm. then you have no right. Yeah. You know, like if, if you're trying to claim leadership and shit like that. Yeah. But if you're not trying to claim leadership, you have no ambition of that, then you do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. You know, staying relevant is not your priority. Right. It's only if you're trying to hold command. Mm-hmm. That's when you're, you're like, people better know who the fuck you are. Right. And then also using that with responsibility and being able to know, because like you were saying, there, there are those people that want to command everybody's attention and respect, but then they've got nothing to say. They've got nothing yeah. to add or contribute. And then you have those other folks that are trying to like avoid everybody's gaze they're just like walking around the outskirts of the room or whatever, and they go in and they they take a set 
or they give a piece of advice or something that just cuts right to the bone. And you're like, wow, this is like, I see this other motherfucker over here who's like try hard, you know, jumping up and down, trying to, you know, get all the attention. And you said something that was like so like, like perfect. It would just, it fit, it filled in the gap of whatever I was going through. And, um, and those are the people that typically, it also kind of teaches everybody how to have like, like respect leadership, but also be autonomous as well. Don't sit there and look to the the leader of your scene to give you the green light to go out and do what you want to go do. Um, but at the same time, have have enough like insight to know you know when uh, when a person gives you criticism and how to take that in. Even if you don't fully agree with something, it's like you can still take it in and listen to that person's opinion. You know, maybe be like, I disagree, but you don't have to make it into a a debate at that point because mm-hmm. you know within yourself what's right or what's wrong. Yeah, and that person might be giving you their opinion based off of like their experiences, their outlook, their perception, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you just leave it at that, and you know you don't have to keep you know poking at it and everything. But we run into that countless times because it, it it becomes less about the actual truth of the the discussion and more about the ego. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this, and you go. Yeah. You that's know. great. Cool. That's great. Yeah. You know, and, and you're like, but you ask me, you know, what do you think about this? And I start to tell you and then you go, uh, 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 but I think this. And I'm like, great. Okay. Well, then why the fuck did you ask me? Yeah. Don't ask me about my opinion. And then all of a sudden you plug your ears and then start saying la, la, la. Yeah. Um, and real leaders are also people who know how to adhere to other leaders. Mm-hmm. You recognize other types of people and say, Hey, that person might not be a dancer, but they command a lot of respect. Yeah. You know, so you should, it would be within your best interest to like really take in what that person is doing their example, their, um, their steez. But yeah, we, we do that all the time as fucking stupid ass egotistical dancers where you walk up to somebody and you're like, Hey, what's up? You a dancer? Person's like, no. All right. And then you immediately like turn and look over at, you know, the Red Bull stars or whatever, but that person might be a top business investor or somebody who actually funded. Or he might have, yeah, he might have been the fucking person that's paying their wages. Yeah, you know, or funded the jam. Yeah. You know, and or this is he's a booking agent, or she was one of the coordinators that helped to set up the the community event. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I said this about like about Bao, um, when uh, with Bao not being necessarily like from dance pedigree, but being involved in the scene, there's, there's relevance to that Mm -hmm. because not everybody is going to be the talent. Not everyone is going to be a DJ or a dancer or an MC. There's other people who are like, yo, I've been doing this for 25 years and all I've been doing is like booking spots and getting events thrown and doing this. And, you know, I'm the person who makes the flyer or I'm the person who, you know, does all the legwork while everyone else just waits for the next jam. Case you know? in point, she writes the checks. Yeah, exactly. So you, know? so you got to be respectful to that, yeah, and and realize that everybody's got a role to play. So you know, if you're going to watch a movie, um, and you're like, oh, that movie was good or bad because Chris Helmsworth did or didn't do what I wanted them to do. Remember, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, you know, there was a script, and there's screenwriters, there's the director, there's producers, there's executive producers, there's the person who's holding the boom mic, there's so many people that play into this. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't like something specifically because you're just like, well, I'm not a fan of 
that genre of movie or whatever. It's like, cool, but guess what? That was also, that was a good project because A, somebody's dream came true of having a script be put into reality. And B, there's a crew that, that got to get paid. So even if the movie sucked, it's like, hey, guess what? You know, all these people, these key grips and carpenters and stunt coordinators and everybody else, they all... People got paid. People got paid. Yeah. So it's like, so yeah, maybe maybe every single project is not going to be... You know, like a like a yeah, like an Avengers or whatever, like or 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 an Oscar nominated yeah. thing, but maybe that might be a footnote in the overall you know arc of their story where they say, "Hey, this movie wasn't that good, but that actor was going to become somebody later down the road." Mm-hmm. Like they started off as like best friend number two, and now they're going to be you know leading with a movie or maybe directing themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but you have to respect everybody's role to play in that. Yeah. But most of the time, you know, when you're, when we're kids too, that's, that's kind of what we're, what we condition ourselves to, to seeing is like, you know, the person who's rocking the mic or the person who's in the movie, we think they did it all, you know? And then finally you start to get older and a little bit more mature and you realize like, Oh wow. You know, this person, of course, they're going to seem so fucking badass because everyone is like falling when they get hit by this guy. Yeah. Right. But it, yeah. And it's like, it's like, it, but it's the stunt person who mm-hmm. sold the stunt because mm-hmm. it's like, now you believe that Thor is this badass because he could do this, nope. you know? And that's the stuff that you have to respect in life in general and seeing yep. that everybody has a role to play, even if they're not going to be the, uh, the star or the center of the cipher. I mean, I'm like, I go out to like bars and clubs and shit and I'm like I'm also very respectful to the staff because they're standing here putting their own fun on the back burner. Their mm-hmm. Friday night is on the back burner. So yeah. that way everybody else can have a good time. Yeah. And they're just going back and forth pulling pints and bringing, yeah. you know, liquor out of the uh the storage room and you know, wheeling shit back and forth, picking up spills. Yeah, I mean, it's just the principle of being a good person, right? Yeah. Being a, being a genuine good person, don't be a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's common sense. Really, really, it's common sense. And right. even if someone's a fucking dick to you, just let them be a fucking dick, yeah. you know? Because at the end of the day, they're, they're going to be the ones who are going to feel horrible about mm-hmm. it. If you edge on to it and feed into their bullshit, then they're going to feel even better about it. So do you want them to feel like shit too, or do you want them to feel really good about what they just did? And it, it's, it's almost like dog, uh, dog psychology, right? Like sometimes you don't feel like indulging that dog and they're grabbing their toy and they're bringing it up to you. They're like, here play. And finally you give them what they want. And now they're not going to leave you alone. Right. They're going to keep coming up to you every five seconds. And you're like, I'm just trying to, you know, eat my spaghetti here. So, you, you sometimes you have to be very like curt with somebody and and be like yo um i need some space right now i need you to stop and the person's like oh shit okay my bad I, I didn't know i was crossing a boundary but at least like you you let them know early enough rather than waiting until it became this big thing that boils and then finally you just fucking lay into them with the third rail and that person's like god damn what did i do and you know and the person's like well you know you've been jocking this person the whole damn day like mm-hmm. literally like they they change ciphers to get away from you and you followed them and then you're tugging on their coat and kind of being like hey hey what, what are you doing you know and we've all run into that even like when you're young because like, what you're trying to do is like you're trying to bond with that person you're like yeah. i think you're amazing or i think you're interesting or funny or charismatic and i want to i want to be a part of that 
But sometimes you have to learn how to read those people too. And again, they might have an exit strategy. Like, where are you going after this? I'm probably going to go back to the hotel. Really? What hotel? Oh, it's one of the hotels in the city. Oh, you're not going to tell me what hotel? No. <laughs> no, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, now if you, if, you, if you two were just shooting the shit and that person says, yo, okay, well, you know, I, I had a great time chopping it up with you and stuff. I hope to talk to you again. You're like, well, yo, I'm going back to the hotel. Um, you know, uh, two or three of us were going to go out there. You know, you should meet us out in the lounge or we'll have a couple drinks and keep chopping. And then you, you know <coughs> that you've been like properly invited into said um, said circle as opposed to you imposing yourself into it mm-hmm. and being like, hey, where are you guys going to be? Tell me where you're going to be at and blah, blah, blah. So there's like a there's a way to do it. And I think a lot of people still struggle with that because especially, you know, with society the way that it is, it's like everybody's mom always kind of chastises the group and says, you should invite him or her or whoever to to this. Mm-hmm. And you go, why? Right? Like we don't have any connection with that person. Well, yeah, because you want to make them feel included. And I go, but if you want to make that person really feel included, it should be a legitimate invite as opposed to like, like I'm, I'm obliged to. Cause then that means that I don't really want you around. I'm just doing it to shut up your mom, right. you know, which is actually disrespectful, not only to her, but also to you. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're going to come out to the party and be like, nobody talked to me and you feel even worse. Right. You're like, I, I could have just fucking stayed home. But mm-hmm. you know, so I think that it's, it's a lot of like, Put, put yourself out in like those neutral places and read the room and be honest and be genuine and sincere. And then people will, will gravitate towards you naturally and they don't feel like, okay, well we have to invite you because you know, you showed up and you were, you know, sheepishly looking at everybody with your eyes, you know, all teary and whatnot. <laughs> it's like, you know, Hey, do you want to come hang out with us? You know, it's like, you might just notice this one person showed up with like no crew. And you're like, yo, where, where are you from? No, oh, I'm from Alabama or whatever. And you're like, yeah. I never see you around it in the scene. Like, are, are you uh, are you a dancer out of there? And the person's like, yeah, yeah, but I'm like the only house dancer in Alabama or something. You're like, oh shit, okay. Well, hey, we're gonna go grab some ramen after this. You yeah. know, do you want to come out and like chop with us? Oh yeah, bet. You know, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, that person is like earning their way in the circle. Versus that person who walks up and goes, I'm from Alabama and there's nobody out here and no one invites me to anything and I'm just walking around. And it's like now you're already like completely, your nose is open and you're thirsty as fuck. That was was the shit that happened to me in blueprint number one Mm -hmm. when I went by myself. Like, I just showed up and, you know, just mind my own business, did my thing. And Mm -hmm. Damien Lopez, who's the um, co founder of Blueprint, like walked up to me. He's like, What's up, man? Where are you from? You know, like, asked me, like, where I was from, mm-hmm. like, who, if I was there with anyone. And I told him, I was like, no, you know, I just took a cab. He was like, you took a cab from from the airport? I was like, yeah. You know, I don't really know anyone here. It's my first time here and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And, you know, just want to come through support and have yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, here, let me get you linked up with this and this and that. Yeah. And, you know, there started a friendship. Right. And it's not just out of his kindness. Right. You know, and. Like, I wasn't going in there saying, I'm from fucking Minnesota, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, no, it was just like, dude, I'm just here to check things out. Check it mm-hmm. out. You know, like, yeah. I've been wanting to go to a house event, a house dance battle, like, by myself. Well, fucking, here I am. Mm-hmm. 
So, but I'm really hungry. Yeah. I think we should wrap it up. Wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, do that. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Styles and Driss. Have a great day. Have a great Memorial Weekend. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to release this episode uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday at the latest. Um, what is it? There's Oh, yeah. So house sessions will be starting back up mm-hmm. um, June 2nd. Yep. I want to say because June 1st is Thursday. So mm-hmm. June 2nd. Stay tuned for that. If you're in Minnesota, house session will be starting back up 9 p.m. till 11.30 p.m., I want to say, or 11 p.m. At the workroom. At the workroom in Roseville, Minnesota. Um, if you're from out of state and you happen to be passing through in any um, way, shape, or form, always reach out to us. Uh, you know, Hit us up either through Instagram or yeah. Facebook if we're friends and stuff, yeah. and we can let you know when we're sessioning or you know, yep. whatnot. The, the best way to reach me is through Instagram if you don't have my phone number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, my Instagram handle is O-Z-Z-Y-D-R, the number one S. So basically Ozzy Driss, which is the number one rather than an mm-hmm. I. Um, and then your Instagram handle? Turnstyle underscore DJ. Yeah. And it's um it's not it's not the way that you actually spell turnstile, so it's not S T I L E, it's S T Y L E. So yeah, look me up on the gram and stuff and you know, if we get anybody that, that's coming in internationally that has like other things and they want to like link up with the house community, you know, also please feel free to reach out to us and stuff and we'll be happy to host you or, or you point know, you to the point right you people to the right people and stuff and mm-hmm. All that kind of good shit, so. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, have a great day. Yeah, peace, peace. Peace.